The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Horvitz. This week, we're going to discuss the Federal Reserve meeting and what's happening with interest rates and what is tapering and how that might impact the markets going forward. We'll also get into the market's ups and downs that we saw this week. And let's discuss market risk versus market volatility. Glenn Least, Senior Investment Advisor for WT Wealth Management, joins me. And John Hallner is Chief Investment Officer with WT Wealth Management. And you can learn even more about John and Glenn by going to WTWealthManagement.com. Let's start with this, gentlemen. The, The Federal Reserve met this week to discuss tapering and setting interest rates. Uh, John, we'll start with you. What did the Fed announce on these two big issues? Yeah, I mean, this meeting was really about when the Fed's going to commence their tapering campaign and reduce the amount of uh, mortgage backs and treasuries that they buy on a monthly basis. And it seems like everybody's on the same page at the Federal Reserve, and they're going to announce it, my guess would be at the next Fed meeting on November 3rd and 4th. And the tapering will commence on the, uh, the, in the month of December. So, and then uh, most Fed officials had the first interest rate increase in the latter part of 2022 or the very early part of 2023. So we're in a still in a very conducive low interest rate environment, at least for the next 12 to 18 months. Glenn, how does the interest rates impact um, you know, our, our everyday life, the markets? You and I have spent a lot of time talking about this in the past. Um, and John, you're saying, hey, they might not raise this till 23, which that's, that's way out there. Uh, Glenn, what's, what's the impacts? I mean, keeping them where they're at. Yeah, so it definitely makes borrowing a lot cheaper, you know, when interest rates are lower. So I just did a refinance on my house. And, uh, you know, even just from two years ago till today, the interest rates have dropped enough that it saved me like four or $500 a month. So, I mean, that's a, that's a huge bonus. And for a lot of people, maybe that means they can buy a bigger house or they have more money to spend because they're, you know, investing or they're having to pay less in interest rates. So, you know, low interest rates are really conducive in that aspect. It's cheaper to buy, buy a car or, you know, anything you want to finance. So as they raise rates, we may see a little bit of slowing in the housing market, um, only because if the interest rates go up another one point, I mean, that's quite a bit more interest cost over a 15 or 30 year loan. So I would assume that as they raise interest rates, uh, we may see a little bit of slowing of people buying massive big houses or upgrading or refinancing. Uh, I don't think it'll stop, but I think it'll just kind of slow down a little bit. Maybe you get a contractor a little quicker if it slows down a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows on that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John, let me let me ask you this about tapering. Can you explain that a little bit more to everyone? Uh, what's been going on between, I guess, is it between the Federal Reserve and, and the Treasury? Talk about that a bit. Yeah. You know, this is one of those things that the average person probably wouldn't really have much exposure to. But at the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, to increase liquidity in the system, the Federal Reserve commenced what they call open market operations. And they're buying in the open market $80 billion worth of treasuries every month and $40 billion of mortgage-backed securities. So for a total of $120 billion a month, 
of repurchases. And this simply puts additional liquidity into the system and keeps interest rates um, unnaturally low. So the mortgage rate that you're getting today or the 10-year treasury yield that you see today is actually being manipulated lower by the Fed by this uh, bond repurchasing program. Hence the word tapering is simply that they're going to reduce the amount of bonds that they buy every month, and they're probably going to run this for six or eight months until they're no longer buying these bonds. And uh, you'll see an organic rise in both mortgage interest rates and treasury yields. That's $120 billion per month. And you're saying their target was to stop or lay off the tapering. I think the quote was soon, they said in the meeting. So you're saying within six months is what you're hearing. I mean, they would have to ratchet this down. That's a quick uh, decrease, I guess, uh, monthly. Uh, you know, you're going to have to ratchet down $20, 30000000000 dollars a month coming up here. Yeah, it is. The initial projections are about uh, $15 billion in, um They'll reduce it by in December, and then it'll they'll see how the markets react to this, and then it will gradually increase as they get farther into the tapering campaign. Okay, one more. But, you know, is it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, one more question. What do they do with everything they've got? Like the Federal Reserve then is holding all of these uh, bonds. What happens to all of that that's on their books, I guess? Yeah, that's what they call the Fed balance sheet. And the amount of of securities on the Fed balance sheet has increased dramatically over the last 15 years, almost by $6 trillion. So the Federal Reserve, since they've purchased these in the open market, are simply just holding them on their balance sheet. And eventually, they'll be retired through the Treasury system. Let me ask you about this, and, and maybe I'll start with you, Glenn. And, and folks, we are talking with Glenn Leist, John Hollander of WT Wealth Management. Um, it was a volatile week, to say the least. It was v- very down and then up and all over the place. Yep. Uh, it started off with the, the Evergrande issue out of, out of China, uh, caused a lot of volatility. Um, what, what's going on? Just talk about the market this past week and, and how you see it and what you see coming. Sure. So I think there's a lot of uh, factors that are kind of making them, they were making the market a little nervous. One is the, you know, what you're talking about right now with China. And the other one was some of the new mandates that are coming down to the, uh, coming down from the federal level down to the employers. And I think a lot of employers that I've talked to are just trying to scratch their heads and figure out what they're going to do one way or the other. And they're looking for more um, certainty around the policy, you know, because right now we really just have the decree, but we don't have the, the the full details of what that looks like. So I think a lot of people are just kind of, and the market doesn't like uncertainty. The market wants to know, you know, what's going to happen moving forward. So I think we saw a lot of volatility the last couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, I always tell our clients, you know, we're in this for a long haul. So, you know, if anything on a down day when the markets are off, look at those as great buying opportunities. And a lot of my clients were calling me on those down days and we we're putting more money to work. And, you know, two weeks later, we look like geniuses. And so that sometimes is kind of how the market works. I mean, sometimes it rebounds as quickly as it goes down. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But over time, you know, the markets do come back up and recover um, as soon as some of those those things are ironed out as far as the uncertainty. So I think we're just kind of figuring out what we're doing with some of these, these issues at hand. And as we get more clarity, the market feel a little bit more comfortable moving forward. Hey, John, with the volatility issue is... Are the folks in D.C. helping this situation much? 
and <laughs> because you had the debt ceiling talk going on and uh, you, you have this issue of, hey, they've got to raise the debt ceiling and both sides are playing with this this football. How's that impacting everything that's going on? Oh, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the financial markets is they're really absorbing, you know, multiple pieces of information a hundred times per day to, to try to determine, you know, the, the direction of markets. Uh, you know, when you look at volatility specifically, like we've seen in a week like this where Monday was very weak and the last two days have been very good, mm-hmm. it's usually as a result of, of news flow. Um, usually there's very little fundamentals involved in volatility. It's more of a direct relationship to, you know, sentiment, to news flow, to uncertainty, to other factors that really uh, don't affect the long-term value of a stock like Walmart or T-Mobile. So, you know, volatility investors have to look past. And, you know, we pulled some statistics this week as we were talking with clients. And I think some of these would surprise some people that if you look at the last 51 years of stock market returns going back to 1970, we've only had 10 down years in the last 51 years. So that's 80% of the time on a calendar year basis, you're going to have positive returns in the equity markets. And then that's a pretty good percentage. If you were that successful at the, at the horse track or the poker table or the slot machine, they'd shut down those games pretty quick. <laughs> so so the, the, the equity markets for people that are patient have been a tremendous way to build long-term capital. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Call Glenn Least for a complimentary consultation at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. Just call 225-2474 or go to WTWealthManagement.com. And when we come back, Glenn and John will discuss market volatility versus market risk and what they say to nervous and and nervous do-it-yourself investors. Back in just a minute. Listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I want you to call Glenn Least for a complimentary consultation at 928 225 2474. There's no obligation. Just call 225 2474 or go to WTWealthManagement.com. Glenn, John, we talked about interest rates, tapering, and, and all the uncertainty. And to put it bluntly, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. John, let's start with you. What are you telling your clients when they call you, especially with concerns about the markets and uncertainty? Yeah, we're you know we're reminding our clients that we've had you know a heck of a run since the depths of the pandemic started in March in 2020. We've only had uh, two down months in the S and P 500 over that period of time, so it's really been a very unprecedented time of market appreciation. And what I always remind people is that when you have significant returns over a long period of time with very little volatility, is that the brave get even braver. And sometimes you need market corrections just to sober people up a little bit, make them realize that markets do go down. So we view corrections you know, very healthy. If you go back to 1945, which is a you know, 75-year period, there's over 80 five to 10% corrections over that period of time. So anytime you have short-term weakness in the market where it retraces, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. It's it's actually quite normal and it's quite healthy for for a uh, for a bull market to have corrections in between. And and Glenn, I think John hit on something right there. I guess that weeds out people because you 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 get so many successes in a row, and you think maybe you're invincible going forward. Yeah, and 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 John is right. A lot of times when we talk to clients, it's reminding them, you know, markets go up, markets go down. Over time, they they tend to go up more than they go down. And so if we have a couple good years in a row, it's not uncommon for us to have a little bit of retracement or down downturn. But, you know, we're not investing for six months down the road. We're investing for the long haul. So actually try to, to help them really understand that, that could be a really good opportunity to buy some good companies while they're temporarily, you know, on sale, if you will. Because, yeah, some of these companies we invest in, they're not going anywhere. Walmart, Google, Facebook, Amazon. I mean, they're not they're not going anywhere. And so if we have a little bit of a, the sell-off in the market, I think, kind of recalibrate. That could be a great buying opportunity for clients. And two years down the road, you know, we're going to be in a much different situation than we are now. And I think part of the issue is everything is over-sensationalized at times. So, you know, anytime we have one bad day in the market, it seems like the the news articles are, you know, doom and gloom and the sky is falling when, when normally that's just a, a pretty no- routine part of the market is that we have, you know, up and down days. But over time, you know, markets are pretty successful. So, Sometimes it's just all about educating our clients. Well, Glenn, what's the difference between, you hear these terms quite a bit, market volatility versus uh, market risk? Yes, I think of risk is, you know, all three of us pooling our money together and opening up a restaurant downtown. Um, you know, that, that, that I see as risk because the national stats are about 50% of small businesses fail within the first two years and we've lost everything. That is risk to me. You know, volatility is more of if we're investing in Amazon or Google or Apple or Facebook, you know, in two years, what's the chance of them going out of business? Well, certainly not 50%. You know, can they move around in pricing? Well, absolutely. But do we think those companies are going to be more profitable or less profitable in the future? And and usually my answer is probably more profitable because that's what every company is trying to do, especially these large companies. They're really innovating and changing things. So sometimes, you know, when we talk about clients, we really should be saying, you know, how much volatility are you okay with in your portfolio? And then kind of building a an investment uh, game plan that really makes sense to them and helping them remind, you know, that these companies, the chance of them going out of business and us losing everything is, is such a small, you know, chance that, you know, but sometimes I've had clients say, oh, well, I, they think in some time, somehow that their portfolio could go down to absolutely zero by investing in the S&P 500. And, you know, at that point in time, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Money is no longer, you know, a part of our daily life. We're talking about bread and bonds because everything has ceased to exist. And, you know, the companies that we rely on every single day are no longer there, which is a very far-fetched scenario. Um, so sometimes it's just all about education and helping us really understand, you know, how investments work and what the difference is between this, those two terms. Yeah, that's more of a zombie land situation there. Everything went haywire. Sure, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's stick on the topic of uh, risk and managing risk. And, and John, uh, what are you doing at, at WT Wealth Management to manage risk for your clients? Yeah, we employ a lot of different strategies. I think it's one of the things we do different at WT Wealth Management is not only are we a long-term manager, but we have a tactical component in each and every portfolio, and simply tactical means more short term. Where we'll look three or six months down the road and see if there's any opportunities and or risks that we see in the marketplace, and we'll deviate away from areas that we perceive to have more risk and volatility associated to them, and we'll gravitate a little bit more to areas that tend to be more defensive. 
we've recently come off of some positions in our portfolio that we thought were at risk, like Expedia, Airbnb, and Southwest Airlines, because of the advent of the the Delta variant uh, was going to have some impact on specifically air travel and leisure travel. And we took up some additional exposure to what we call defensive positions like Walmart, Costco, uh, T-Mobile, Verizon, things that fall more in the consumer staple category and tend to be a little bit more durable when there's more economic stress and uncertainty in the marketplace. So, you know, we'll, we'll manipulate four or five positions on the risk side transfer those assets over to four or five positions that are a little bit more defensive and do that several times throughout the year to try to enhance returns and protect principal. Glenn, uh, what do you say to your, I guess your do-it-yourself investors who are out there right now and with the volatility, they're, they're nervous? Sure. You know, in our industry, you know, people sometimes ask the question, why would I hire a professional if I can just go on my, my investment account and do it myself, you know, and that's a good question. I mean, why would you do your own tax as opposed to hiring a CPA? And, and some people, maybe the situation is, is very simple and they can, you know, do the investments themselves. But we find more often than not, a lot of investors really want that professional expertise of someone that's doing that 40 or 50 hours a week plus has maybe five or five or eight people that is doing a tremendous amount of research behind them. So that way, because we're all fallible, we're all human, right? We all can get nervous and sometimes make a bad decision in a moment of panic, which is obviously the worst time to make a financial decision is in a moment of panic. Um, and so for the do-it-yourself investors, if it's working and, the, and they're really successful at it, you know, then, then they probably could do it themselves. But nine times out of 10, hiring a professional is really a huge advantage to helping you be successful because you kind of have that unbiased approach and you have someone else in your corner that can advocate on your behalf, you know, when things are good and bad to help you continue to stay the track um, and not get too off kilter, you know, you know, in your, you know, financial goals. So, um, so yeah, it's a great question. Um, luckily we have a lot of great clients that we work that really work with that see the tremendous value in what we do and are willing to, you know, pay for our expertise, but there are a certain percentage of people out there that want to just do it yourself and that's okay too. But, you know, there's also no one that you can bounce ideas off of. You know, if you're doing it yourself, you're looking to try and find answers on the internet, and you know, you're, it really becomes challenging at that point. Yeah, and speaking of finding things on the internet, I, I'm always amazed at how many wealth managers there are. If you look around in Flagstaff, say, um, there's there's a lot of choices. I guess what makes, and let's start with you, John. What makes uh, WT Wealth Management different? Well, there's a lot of things that I think are, make stuff different. Uh, the two that I would focus on is we really have a broad and diversified investment committee. It's not just myself running money at WT Wealth Management. We have an investment committee that's made up of six professionals that have dedicated their lives to this industry. I've been involved in security selection and evaluation since 1989 which is 32 years. So I've seen, you know, Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, I've seen war, I've seen feast, I've seen famine. And you bring all that experience to the table every single day for the benefit of your clients. Um, and there's a lot of advisors today that just don't run money the same way that we do. You know, they'll put their clients in a half a dozen mutual funds and, you know, they've been conditioned that that's the best way to go. And, sort of old school stock picking is a very lost art that a lot of people just don't even have an experience doing today. So that's one. And, and secondly is, um, 
is capital. You know, WT Wealth Management is owned by a much, much larger company called Western Trust. So we have resources for many items that are expensive today, like cybersecurity, like the research that we buy, like the development of our website and our podcast. So, you know, we have much deeper pockets behind us, which ultimately allows us to be better and more efficient at what we do every day. And I think those two things are really game changers when it comes to uh, generating exceptional returns for clients. All right, and, and Glenn, let's end with this because uh, something that you talk about quite a bit on uh, all the time and on the website uh, and to your clients is culturally significant equities. Uh, w- what is that? Yeah, so one of the things that really attracted me to WT Wealth Management is we're always forward thinking, always looking ahead to say, hey, we're not looking at what was successful in the past. We're looking at what is successful moving forward. And that's exactly what the culturally significant equities does. It's looking for companies that are really revolutionizing their industries that are changing their game changers, if you will. Um, one great example is we put in um, just a couple of weeks ago, we added in Coinbase to our portfolio. Um, as we see the development of cryptocurrencies really take off worldwide and certain governments even accepting them as national currencies, really thought that was a strong play to own you know, the cryptocurrency exchange that has helped making those technologies possible. So the culture of significant equities portfolio is an individually stock pick portfolio that we're always trying to look forward and say, what are the best 50, you know, companies or so that are really changing our world today that we really can't live without? Hence the name culturally significant. They're significant to our way of life, meaning can we live without Visa or MasterCard or Netflix or YouTube? Uh, or Google, or you know, Facebook, are those companies we can really live without, or are they so ingrained in our daily way of life that you know they're really rele- relevant to everything we do? So that is something that I've always found very attractive and and you know very appealing, you know, for both me and my clients is you know creating a portfolio, creating a flavor that really that they can understand that they look at their statement, and go, I know exactly what I own. I use these companies every day, and if I'm a customer of them, why wouldn't I also want to be an owner of these companies as well? And they, they, they understand the story of what we're trying to do with those companies. So I think that makes us very unique in the space because, yeah, to John's point, I think most places just put you in a you know bucket of mutual funds. And, you know, if you were to ask your investment person, hey, what do we own? You know, or what, what's in my portfolio? It'd be like, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there, but most investors don't actually know what they own. Whereas with that portfolio, you know exactly what you own and why we're owning it. All right, uh, Glenn Lease, John Hallner, uh, folks, you can learn more about them by going to WTWealthManagement.com. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Hey, we'll talk again next week. Great. Have a a great week, everyone. Thank you. When you work with Glenn Lease, his investment committee leverages over a century of combined experience to grow your money, not your fees. And they invest their personal savings the same exact way you invest your money. Call Glenn Least for a complimentary consultation at 928-225-2474. There's no obligation. Just call 225-2474 or go to WTWealthManagement.com. Tune in next week at this same time for another edition of Intelligent Investing right here on 97.1 The Big Talker.